Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Joshua chapter 14, if you're able to stand now in honor of the word of the Lord, let's do that. And I will preach to you in the gap. Joshua chapter 14 and verse 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. He said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me. Just my strength was then, so now is my strength for war both for going out and coming in. In verse 12, Now therefore, can you read the next few lines with me? Give me this mountain. Come on, say it again. Give me this mountain, of which the Lord spake in that day. For you heard in that day how Anakim was there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, And I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. I like in verse 12, the third word that picks up, give me this mountain. I want to preach to you. I want to motivate you. I want to inspire you on the simple subject is just simply in the gap. Heavenly Father, once again. I stand humbly before your people, asking for a fresh anointing, asking that the words of heaven would flow through my spirit, that I would speak to those that are streaming, unable to be here, those that are here, God, and bring a word, a rhema, that I would bless their life with the spoken word today. Let me flow in that spirit. Let there be no distractions, God, in this place or online. Bless us, anoint us. We ask this in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, could you shout amen? Amen. Thank you for standing this morning. God bless all of you for being here. In the gap. We see Caleb as one of the heroes at the beginning of the exodus from Egypt. And decades later, we see his courage and tenacity, even when he is an old man. Even in his old age, he tells Joshua, give me my mountain." Give me my mountain. Joshua and Caleb were two of the 12 spies, if you're not real familiar with the story, that were sent in to spy Canaan's land, to scout out the promised land. You see, now God gave them a promise that there's coming a land that flows with milk and honey. They were in Egypt. They were in bondage. They were in the wilderness. And God speaks to them that, there is a land that I'm going to give you. So Moses sent the 12 spies in to scout it out, to spy. While there, two of them cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes and carried it between them on a pole in Numbers 13 and 23. In my study and research, I think unanimous all Bible scholars believe that that was most likely Joshua and Caleb that hewn down that branch, that cluster of grapes, to bring back as living proof, to show the people that look what is in the land. 
I know there are big giants in the land. I know they are people that are bigger than us. The report came back from some, hey, we are like grasshoppers in the sight of giants. They use an analogy that is so contrasting that speaks fear into your heart. But two of them said in the gap, they said, let's take back some grapes and show them they've never seen grapes this big. We can't even carry the grapes on the cluster. It takes two of us. Let's get the pole and the branch and let's show them just in case they focus on the grasshopper mentality, just in case they focus on the giants, just in case they try to talk Moses and the people out of what God has given us. We as people need to stand in the gap and give them a little show and tell lesson. Look, the Lord had promised this, but 10 out of the 12 weren't willing to do that. Two stood in the gap. When they arrived back at the Israelite camp, all of the spies agreed that the land was good and it was really good. But 10 of them were worried about giants that lived there and the warriors that were too strong for the former slaves to be defeated. They stood at a crossroad. The crowd reacted with mixed reviews and excitement and fear but their fear was overtaken. But I want to preach to you about standing in the gap. Caleb stood up and told all of them in Numbers 13 and 30, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Moses was pleased with God and he asked God to forgive the unbelief of the people. And God did forgive them. But I want to watch you. Those that did not stand in the gap, those that did not trust in the word of God, those that did not trust in the man of God, the consequences of their fear that they would not be able to see the promised land. But the two faith-filled men, Joshua and Caleb, I'll say for the context of my message, the two in the gap people that stood there, that they saw what God had promised. They saw the possibilities. They saw beyond giants. They, excuse me, they saw beyond the grasshoppers and they realized if we're going to get where God called us to go and if we're going to inhabit what God spoke into our lives, somebody among us needs to stand in the gap and bring a positive word of affirmation that, hey, we are able to go up and take the land. Numbers 14 and 24, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me, watch this, wholeheartedly. I'm in the word now. Whole, completely, heartily. I will bring him unto the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Can I just interrupt myself for a minute? When you do something wholeheartedly, the replication of numbers is not only will I benefit in my family, but my kids and my grandkids. The Bible says his descendants. So there's something about me standing in the gap. Watch the key word wholeheartedly that I'm trusting God, that I'm believing in God, that my faith is pushing beyond my circumstance and the environment and the negativity and the naysayers. And I said, no, God has spoken this. God has earmarked my life. I'm standing in the gap, not only for God's people, but the Bible says that my family and my kids and my grandkids will inherit the blessings of God. 
somewhere in my mind as a dad and a pastor and a grandfather, I want to serve God wholeheartedly so that God's wonderful people that go here and call me their pastor, that I have done something right in the sight of God. And many times I would stand in the gap, but if I'm standing there and I'm uncertain on the outcome, as long as I'm stepping forth wholeheartedly, there's something about that word that the Bible and God's spirit notices. A genuine experience of goodness and greatness of God is essential to vibrant faith. I need to help somebody here today that you might be in a valley or a situation that you need somebody to partner with you on, to loan you their faith, to loan you their strength, to loan you their prayers. That's the beautiful thing about community groups. We serve together for two months. We are together and we rally together and we push forward together and we rejoice together and we celebrate together. The beautiful thing about the community groups that God binds us together with cords of love that cannot be broken. Why? Because we have wholehearted faith that when we sit in that living room in the coming weeks and someone says, hey, pray for my job. I'm on shaky ground. They may displace me. They may move to the East Coast. I don't want to leave here. I don't want to be without a job. Hey, pray for me. I got a doctor's report and it's not what I thought. I'm a little shaken up, but you know what? I know all of you are going to stand in the gap for me. I don't have the strength to stand. I don't have the wherewithal to pray. I'm not sure which way is north and south, but my dear community group, will you please remember me this week in prayer? And what are we doing? We're standing in the gap for God's people. And this is what I always tell myself. I want to stand in the gap for you in this church in the same manner and token that I would expect somebody to stand in the gap for me, not haphazardly, not blow it off. Oh, we'll pray for you. And I'm driving down the 91 in the fast lane. God bless brother Nolan, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Okay. What's the radio say? Oh my goodness. Look at the traffic. You got to be kidding me. Did I pray for Nolan? Uh, maybe because I said a 10-second prayer. But watch me here. It wasn't wholeheartedly. And if the connection with God and Jacob, that wholeheartedly is not a common 21st century word. Probably you don't even know how to spell it. Because it's a little unique in its sounding. And when you look at it, you look at it, that's like three words together. What are they saying? But David says this in Psalms 34 and 8. Taste and see. Mm. Can I preach for a minute? Or 10 minutes? Can I preach for an hour? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, when they brought those grapes back, I don't know if they were thinking that, but in my mind, hey, taste and see. Look at these grapes. Help me lift this grape off and show them. And they, probably that whole grape the family ate out of for nine days. That one grape sustained them on the Daniels fast because it was so large and huge. 
something they have never seen before. And so if David is saying, taste and see that the Lord is good, I'm preaching to you this morning. If you have not signed up yet for our community groups, I'm saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. You're going to see God through God's people. You're going to feel the presence of God through the atmosphere of that community group and those lessons that come forth and the prayer and the camaraderie. Why? Because we that are in your group are going to work with you and live with you and support you and love you whole heartedly. I got to be honest. You can't get that on your own. You can, you love yourself wholeheartedly. I think in modern language, we call that conceited. Maybe we could say arrogant, obnoxious. You love yourself wholeheartedly. If you told someone that this week, Hey, guess what? Listen up. I love myself wholeheartedly. Half your friends are going to be gone. All three of them will be gone. All three. And it's taking you this long to get those three. Don't blow it. My point is the wholeheartedly comes from other people pouring into your life. You don't pour that into your life. It's the people around you. It's people that are standing in the gap. It's people that believe in you. It's people that see the mission and see the vision and see the purpose and the why. It's those people that I'm going to partner with in my community group in the next couple of weeks. And for February and March, we're going to live together weekly on a Wednesday night. And we're going to reach out together. And we're going to high-five one another. And we're going to see each other at church. We're going to pray with one another in the altars. And we're going to carry one another's burdens. I read a story about that one time. About lifting up one another. And about loving one another. And about being available for one another. And so my assignment this morning of In the Gap is to help us understand that people stand in the gap because of a situation that has no resolve or no answer, or it's an impasse. There, there's, there's nothing that can come to a conclusion in your mind. And so when you stand in the gap, you intercede for that family or that person. And even if you say, I don't have a need, I, my life isn't that crazy, life is pretty good, well, then you need to sign up so that you can stand in the gap for someone in your group that doesn't have it all quite... Mm. That maybe there's some things, and you know, I'm in good health. I don't, hey, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I don't have problems. Well, then good. Those that are married and have kids that have problems, then you need to stand in the gap. And you need to wholeheartedly support them through that station in life. Because there's going to, listen to me, Sister Gidget, there's going to come a station in life that you're going to need some wholehearted people to weigh in and carry the load and then sometimes carry you and lift you up in prayer. And I know we're spiritual and I know we know how to pray, but there's been some valleys that you don't have the strength to pray. You don't have the strength to get up. You don't have the strength to see from the left to the right. You just have the woe is me spirit. I understand the way life is. In fact, one of the prophets was under a tree and he said, woe is me. God just kill me. Wait a minute. You just came from Mount Carmel. You just call down fire. (laughs) And now woe is me. What's going on here? What's my point? My point is he just went up against 450 prophets of Baal. 
And shortly, a few pages later, Sister Anna, he's like, oh, my goodness. Under a juniper tree? And God says, hey, I got hundreds more like you. Now, I don't think God was as easy with him as we are with people in the community groups. But God kind of took him to task, and he got up. What's my point? My point is, I don't care. You could call down fire from heaven and lap up the water. And there's going to come a day that you're going to be, woe is me. And even if you don't, woe is me, in the community group time frame, there's going to come a time down the calendar that they're going to say, woe is me. And you might reach back into this fall, spring community group and say, you know what? I made a good friend. Hey, will you pray for me? I know you're not in my group right now, but we bonded. We had kindred spirits. We had similar situations. And my friendship has grown very deep, and I'm comfortable reaching out to you. Would you please pray for me, even though I'm not in your group now? Because when I was in groups, life was good, but I hit some bumps in the road. And then what happens? You see, here's the thing. The semesters are designed for time frames we understand and god lays things on my heart and i search and i pray and 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 pastor mark helps me and i say hey does this feel right i don't know this feels good and so i try to get the pulse and the temperature and the thermometer of the church so yes we're teaching about in the gap in our core groups for february and march but here's the thing that doesn't expire april 1st the in the gap lifestyle the in-the-gap mentality, the in-the-gap understanding will go into 2023 and 24. But what's going to tether you together with that wholehearted person possibly is this semester of our community groups. So why wouldn't I sign up for community groups? Because I don't know nobody. What better way to know somebody in a small, intimate setting There's no better way. I don't have scientific proof here. I just have gut feeling that when you are in a community group for a semester, it speeds up your friendships with those people by by two years as if you just came on Sunday and waved to them and said hi in the lobby and had a coffee. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. God bless you. But your community group life speeds up two years. So those seven, eight, nine adults that are in that group, if you just put along here, it would take you two years, 2024, to get to know those seven or eight people that you just got to know in two months. So what am I doing this semester? I'm looking to put some wholehearted people and stack them up in my life. So when life deals me things that I have a situation with, I can turn back to my closet of wholehearted people that I know these people will stand in the gap for me. And where do I get that inventory? In my community group. The people of Israel, children of Israel, the Israelites, after they left Egypt... The Bible implies and shows emphatically in some places they have problem after problem. They had setback after setback. This is my own observation. They had attitude after attitude. They had lack of faith after lack of faith. They first had to spend a little time in the desert to become the people God had called them to be. 
from their response, we can see they weren't ready for the desert life. I can imagine Joshua and Caleb watching for 40 frustrating years, shaking their heads and thinking, if only you had listened to us, you would have already enjoyed the blessings of God. If only. You see, here's the sad part. Joshua and Caleb were tortured for 40 years. If 12 spies came back, like Joshua, if there was 12 Joshua and Caleb's, I think in pastoring, I say, note to self, only send two. Don't send 12. They're going to mess it up. But that was the order. That was the protocol. And for five years, the people of God fought, bled, died, and conquered the land God had promised them for so long before. During those years, Caleb fought for his friends and his neighbors to help them win the land God had given them. We pick up in the story. Now fast forward together. Forty years later, Caleb, 45 to 85 years. The tenacity, the faith, the expectation. How do you process? Sister Gidget, how do I process? For 40 years, I'm going through something that wasn't my fault. I told them. 40 years, we had to meander around here because you wouldn't listen. Forty years of dust. I haven't seen a grape for 40 years. And honestly, it wasn't even their fault. I I don't know the psychic. How do you, Danielle, how do you therapist the rest of them that can't process it? The psychos. Joshua, Caleb, be gone. The rest of you, I mean, the rest of you people, (laughs) sit down. It's going to be a long session. Now, we're here because of you. And if we're going to get through this, and Joshua and Caleb are saying, yeah, I I told them. How does Joshua and Caleb, I don't know, how do they not get a bad attitude and snarky and sarcastic and condescending? Because when in the gap, people stand in the gap. They are tethered to the voice and the wisdom of God. And regardless of the situation and the environment and the tone and the tenure and the pulse, they are still wholeheartedly serving and trusting God. In this case, those two men walked for 40 years unnecessarily, but that was the path that the group chose to go. So they hung in there. What did they do? I'm surmising here, but since they stood in the gap in the promised land to try to get there, there there were times that I know this for sure, that God wanted to kill them. And people stood in the gap. Moses stood in the gap. Joshua stood in the gap. Caleb stood in the gap. Why? Because they were trusting God wholeheartedly. And so in closing this morning, 
If you're going to be in the gap, you're going to have to learn about principles and examples of people of the Word of God. I will teach in the gap lessons six people from the Word of God. Each week is a different person of how their story stood in the gap. And, and as I've studied and recorded, and Pastor Nolan has helped me, Brother Robert, the underlining current, the common thread between these six people is this. They were all a human being like you and I. Their past was not perfect, nor was their current life. It was checkered. It was jaded. It was marred. And their resume was a little spotty. But all six got a revelation and a touch from God. That they saved, in some cases, a generation. In one case that I taught, that's recorded, they saved humanity. Humanity was almost annihilated. But somebody stood in the gap. For 120 years. You talk about Joshua and Caleb, 40 years? That's child's play. One of my lessons, this guy stood for 120 years. And he only heard the voice of God one time. Once. But if it wasn't for him, you'd get it. Humanity would have been annihilated, extinguished. Maybe in some ways God thought, great, I can start with a clean slate. From this point back, they messed it up. Let me start over. I got a better plan. But you see, that wasn't the plan of God. In my mind, Gidget, it's, hey, just give me a whole new canvas to trash that one. I'm going to start over. I'm going to paint a different picture. That one got toxic. But no, God said, we're going to still use this canvas. And if you listen to me and serve me wholeheartedly, I will save you and your family and whoever listens. And so the common thread between these six characters that I'll be speaking on, they weren't perfect. They had opinions. Their past was checkered and jaded. But they said, okay, God. And so I think there's a lot of in-the-gap people among us. You're streaming online. I'm talking to you also. That none of our past are perfect. Our resume is spotty and missing sometimes. Hey, what, what'd you do these three years? Oh, I left that off on purpose. I was employed at Penn State or State Penn. Can't remember. I was going to school. I, here, here it is. Every one of us, Philip, is eligible to be an in-the-gap person. 
and I'm pleading with you. There's other groups you can sign up for, but this is the core group. I'm preaching my core group. This is my heart. That if you've not signed up, today you have to sign up. You gotta get in, you gotta hear these six stories. The, the inspiration, and you'll see yourself in someone. Your name won't be on the screen. I won't read about your name, but I think when you peel back the onion and you see the mirror, you say, you know what? I see myself. I'm inspired. I'm encouraged. Wow. I didn't know that they went through that. I didn't know they rose up to do that. I didn't know they were oppressed. I did Wow. So glad I signed up. I would have never got this at home. No, you wouldn't. And so I, I want you to look to your left or right. And if you've not signed up, I want you to pick up the brochure right now. I'm very passionate about this because I know what I'm teaching. I know the six characters. And honestly, I know some of you that are identical to the characters I taught. But I'm using them for the glory of God. And I, I really want you to see yourself in them. And if you're streaming online, you can register on the app. Sign up right now on the website or when we're done preaching. But about half of us have signed up. And for a pastor, that's alarming. But I'm praying that the Spirit of God will help you step into a group wholeheartedly. I'm going to ask the pastoral team to help me. I've talked to them this morning, and they're just wandering around to answer a a question you have or give you a pin i don't want to embarrass nobody i'm not trying to show anybody that didn't sign up i'm just saying come on feel my heartbeat hear my plea see the six characters that i've already that i'm preaching about that will come and fill this out and as they kind of roam through the congregation a you need a pin or you have a question or turn in the card keep the brochure So to your left or to your right, if you haven't signed up and you don't have one of these handy, raise your hand. The ushers will discreetly hand it to you. I'm not trying to highlight anybody. My heart is bleeding for these groups. Brother Leroy needs a... Brother Leroy, here, take mine. Okay. I I guess I'm so passionate because I I know the stories that I've taught and I know the excitement and I know the faith they're going to bring you guys. And I, I think, Pastor, okay, I'm going to sign up, and this better bless me. Hey, I'm not worried about that. Just sign up. There's no pressure on me there. Again, in the brochure, it's not all about the only option is in the gap. There are other groups here. The Savage Group, group number... Group number 11 is full. Okay? So put an X through group 11. That group is full. The other 12 groups are wide open. Again, parents, I checked this morning. I'm, I've gone off my memory, but I saw only five young people have signed up for their group. Five. I'm missing 20 kids. I'm missing 20 students. So parents, help me get your students signed up. Students, you're old enough. You're big. This is the real world. You can sign up now, okay? You know how to write, print, cursive. We don't care, right? You know how to text? I know you know how to do that just text someone. I don't know what to do. I haven't graduated from high school, but sign me up. I don't understand the real world. I'll help you. Use the QR code on the back of this. There are students. You know how to do this. No, there's no secret code in here. Don't stare at it. It doesn't turn and say, Jesus is going to get you. There's nothing weird. It takes you to the sign up page. 
Okay? It's not spooky. But I am serious about the passion that these lessons will bring you. Groups start the first week of February. Second week. The first week, we're in revival. Okay? Pastoral staff roaming around discreetly, politely, quietly, answer questions, give a pen, get the connect card. All right, all the young people, you signed up? Okay, go see your dad right now. Girls, you're in groups? The group is Sunday night. Okay, this group is tailor-made specifically for students. If you don't want to zigzag around town twice, then the parent of a student needs to sign up for the Sunday night group that's here on the property. We're trying to make it easy, trying to be logical. Oh, Menifee? Okay. Usually they're at the church. Retrack. Students, your group is in Menifee. Sunday night, parents, if you want to, your group is in Menifee. Okay. Let me wait a second, and I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to open the altars, and we're going we're to meet your need outside community groups. Mm. I feel the Holy Ghost in this. I feel the Spirit of God touching hearts and getting us ready. My first lesson of in, in the Gap is about Esther. I learned some things about Esther I didn't know. She's a pretty amazing lady, but she didn't always live amazingly. I'm telling you, my friend, that's us. Esther, wow. She's kind of a liar. Well, you'll figure that out the first week. I figured it out when I taught it. You little liar. And the king didn't even act like he cared. Anyway, sign up. All right, let's stand this morning. God bless you guys. Pastoral staff, you're good. Got the cards, the pens, help people. Let's be discreet and respectful. I just, I need everybody to sign up. If you're online, the app, the website, come on. Let's make this happen. Praise God. I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to open the altars. If you need prayer, if there's a situation in your life that's too heavy for you to carry, I'm asking you to come. You need help carrying that situation. You need an answer from God. You need clarity. I'm going to ask you to come. Let us start the week off right with a fresh anointing. And let the Lord fight our battles. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We come back into the Holy of Holies representing a church, God. People. As I stand in the gap for situations... As I stand in the gap for the church in Temecula, I pray, God, you would give me wisdom. Those that are standing with me, God, that you would give them wisdom. And those that are in need, God, that you would dispense power and healing and anointing. Lord, I open up these altars for those that are carrying something that's just too heavy. The news is too earth-shattering, God. And we are here to stand in the gap and anoint 
and believe. I pray that you would touch every viewer, everyone that's streaming, God, everybody that's on this property today, that the Spirit of God, Lord, would go with us this week. And this will be a brand new week. Why? Because the Spirit has preceded us into Monday before we even woke up. It's touched our Thursday before we even got there, God. Let that be so in every situation. I rebuke stress. I rebuke fear. I rebuke anxiety. I rebuke oppression. I rebuke depression, God. I rebuke anything that would come against the child of God other than the pure life that God expects us to live. Bless us with the purity of mind, purity of heart, and purity of spirit this day. In the name of Jesus, this is so. Amen and amen. I open the altars to you. Would you come to Pastor Elston? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you and God bless.